Our gospel reading this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, welcome, and again, um, good morning, and thank you for choosing to worship with us today. This is a special day in the life of Ashland Place United Methodist Church. We have been uh, virtual only since mid-March, and today, that changes. Today, we are both virtual and hosting an in-person worship at 11 o'clock today. As, we, as I think about this occasion where we are one faith community, one family gathered together both virtually and in person, to me it is amazing and both marvelous to think about this is happening at one time. And as I think about this, I want to invite us all to together, uh, let us be mindful and prayerful for our church and our community. Let us pray for the well-being and the illumination of our community, and let us pray for the faith and the strength of our church. Today, um, as we uh, move into this new um, season, as we introduce our first in-person worship, and we introduce a new sermon series called Life as a House, we are going to be here for the next four weeks in our building because we think this is uh, it's appropriate as we introduce the idea of being together both virtually and in person that visually we'll have the same experience, that we're in the same space. And for our sermon series, Life as a House, we think it's appropriate and helpful, beneficial to have this visual image, an image that we are familiar with, that we know and have been in, to help, to help us make our way through this sermon series, Life as a House. You know, this uh, new sermon series we are um, pleased to kind of walk into today is, it's, it's about John Wesley's understanding and theology of grace. It's a rich theology of, of his understanding of God's grace and how God interacts with humanity. It's uh, his understanding of grace is it's prevenient, it's justifying, and it's sanctifying. And to help us kind of get an understanding, a visual of what that may look like and how to talk about um, prevenient and justifying and sanctifying grace, some scholars have likened the structure of this grace as to a house. It's structured and looks like a house. There's a front porch, there's the threshold of a front door, and there's the interior rooms. And we will get into these different structures as we get into John Wesley's understanding of grace. But before we can even enter into that kind of conversation and begin to consider God's grace and interaction with humanity, we need to take a step back 
and look at, at something even more basic. We need to step back and look at the foundation of a building, the foundation of a house. As we consider the foundation, I, I want to invite our fellow church member and an architect, Don Bowden, to come and reflect on a proper foundation, a good foundation. Well, Don, thanks for joining us today. I just have a couple of questions I want to ask you about um, buildings and houses. And the first question is, what is the foundation of a house or a building? Well, the foundation is the solid bedrock that you build upon. Not literally, um, but if you were building a skyscraper, you'd go to bedrock. If you're building a building of any type, it is only as good as the foundation for which it laid. It's quite literally the rock on which the building stands. Concrete is basically made up of rock and other minerals, which forms a solid, unyielding base for which everything else goes upon. When you build a building, it is constantly being attacked from the outside, wind forces, heat, rain, and all the components of a house move except the foundation. The foundation has to be the solid underpinning that lets everything else stay together when they're being pushed upon from various directions so it is unwavering. Um, and what makes a good foundation? A good foundation is one that is, again, unwavering in its rigidity for the purpose at hand. It is a solid foundation so that no matter what other stresses come upon it, it can disperse it so that it handles it. It is also what keeps it afloat on the ground below. It's what takes all of the loads and all of the uh, stresses that hit a building or structure every day and it keeps all of that steady and into the ground so that nothing moves or blows away. And you've answered some of, a lot of this, but I want to just make clear, why is the foundation so important on an existing, uh, or a new building or an existing building? Uh, because without a good foundation, nothing else has the uh, rigidity or stability required to do its job. Again, back to the original example, if you have a solid foundation and then you have all of your studs or walls, all of those are little toothpick-like pieces that work together with sheathing, and they take all the stresses and, and they constantly move such as seaweed would in the water, but they're all anchored to a solid place. And as long as that can't fracture or sink, then all of those pieces can do their job and stay together. So they totally rely on the grounding force of the foundation. I never really thought about the um, the, the foundation acting as um, the stabilizing, the stabilizing force. against other forces against right. it and against the building. Um, if you want to say some more about that. and also how the foundation allows um, one builder to come in and build on top of it, and then you can you add on top of that and add on top if the foundation is is good. Right. If the if the foundation is secure, anchored and fit to the site, then yes, you can expand upon it or build upon it. We did that here at the church. Uh, we had original buildings that we added on. We had sections of the building, such as choir loft, that were built on top of 
other buildings that were already here. So uh, it's not unusual, but we would have never done that had we had a poor foundation to the existing building because building good upon bad it equals bad. <laughs> so um, much like over history, we have built building over building over building in, in obviously countries older than ours. They have built up over time, uh, but they always started with a very sturdy foundation so that made it possible to continue and to grow. Well, thank you, Don, for collecting our thoughts around the building's foundation, a proper and a good foundation. In his letter to the church in Corinth, the Apostle Paul used the image of a building, a house, and specifically the foundation to support his argument for unity within the church. I invite us now to hear these words of Paul as he writes them to the church in Corinth. We find these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 10 and reading through verse 17. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, the work of each builder will become visible. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burned up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. And this is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. In addressing the Corinthian church, Paul is concerned with an array of issues and problems, not the least of which are divisions and factions that are developing around different issues. Early and throughout the letter, Paul identifies and addresses these problems. In chapter 1, we find Paul talking about arguments about authority, as people have apparently commented and aligned themselves under Paul or under Cephas or after Apollos. In chapters 5 and 7 that we find questions regarding sexual morality, marriage, and the issue of Jew versus Gentile. In chapter 6 there are questions regarding lawsuits among members. In chapter 11 we find issues related to socioeconomic class and abuses of the Lord's Supper. And in chapter 12, we find issues regarding the, the diversity of membership and their gifts within the body of Christ. 
Paul wants to bring to this distracted and, and divided church back to the essential truth, the foundation of their faith. Paul offers what we may call foundational preaching to the divided community. The notion of foundational preaching refers to the basis of our faith, and that is the truth of God's love and God's saving acts through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is upon this truth that everything else must cling and adhere. This is the foundation which no one else can lay, that God has laid in and through Jesus Christ, and that we all must build upon. When Paul writes these words that we find in chapter 3, he is primarily concerned about the church growing and, and growing and building up its ministries, its thoughts, its teachings, and its theologies through different leaders. We must remember that this church was young. This was in the 50s or 60s of the first century. This was a very young church with both Jew and Gentiles in the different uh, religions and philosophies and thoughts, the different socioeconomic classes merging together into one faith community and all being led by different leaders at different times and people began to align themselves beneath or along with these different leaders such as Paul or Apollos and Cephas. These were beginning to create problems and factions and divisions and lines of stress within the faith, within this particular faith community. So he was specifically addressing these lines of division that were based and aligned on different church leaders that had come in at different times, different preachers and different evangelists, different leadership. Paul was concerned that the people were losing sight of the truth as they began to align themselves under different leaders and compartmentalizing themselves as us and them. Paul saw the threat to the church when people began to align themselves in such a way and not being unified under the divine truth or even on the foundation of our faith. To address this specific issue and this specific division, as well as many other divisions and issues within the church, Paul emphasized foundational truth. As he saw himself and as he understood other church leaders, he and they were mere builders, maybe skillful master builders, but still builders, but they were only as good as the tools and the materials that they used and, and, and as good as the foundation upon which they built. Paul himself was a master builder in the faith. He revealed the foundation that God had laid in and through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And upon that foundation he began to develop communities, build communities on that foundation all over the empire as he evangelized, traveled, and preached the foundational truth of his faith 
of Christ's faith, of our faith. Now, as Paul would move and itinerate across the empire from church to church, other leaders would come in after him. And being a young faith, a new faith, they were all learning, developing their theology, finding ways to continue the building that had, had, had been begun by the, their predecessors. Paul, as he watched the Corinthian church, began to align themselves and grasp at different leaders that spoke to different parts and pieces of that particular faith community, wanted to remind them of the foundation upon which all of these builders, these preachers, these leaders were striving to build upon. So to address these division lines that were running through the Corinthian church, that run through many churches of that day and even in our day, Paul reminded the church and he emphasized the foundational truth of Jesus Christ. In Paul's mind, as he looked at these divisions and heard about these divisions that were developing, he understood that there was a real threat, a threat that would divide the church and eventually destroy the church over time and through test. And as he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the day, the day of judgment, the day of fire, as he says. When all of these works by these master builders who have come and gone would be tested. And the materials that they used to build the faith community would be refined or destroyed. If the builders used precious materials, precious stones, metals, it would survive the refiner's fire. If they used weak, weak materials, they would be burned up. And for him, that was critically important. But only time and God would determine. And so his urging, his encouragement, his admonition is to use precious materials that are built upon the one foundation, the truth of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God's great salvific work for all humankind. If we build upon that, if we as leaders and we as church members build upon this foundation and this truth. And we offer the very best material, the most precious material we have. Our selflessness, our truth, our love, our grace, 
our hope, to build up the church, to add and expand and grow the kingdom, we will survive over time. We will more than survive. We will thrive over time. That's Paul's basic argument on the foundation. For Paul, and for a divided church like in Corinth, or for a church that desires unity, and for all members of the body of Christ, the truth of Jesus Christ is the foundation of our faith and of our community. As we make our way through this series to discuss other structures of our life as a house, whether it's a front porch, a threshold of a front door, or the interior rooms, we must begin with this firm, solid foundation. We must begin and continue with the knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ. In Don's description of the foundation, he mentioned that a good foundation allows for changes and additions and expansions. Much like our buildings here at Ashland Place, we were able to add on to the building because the foundation is good, is secure, is solid. And much like a physical building, like this education building of Ashland Place, this notion of adding on to or building up must start with a good foundation. Just as we add brick and mortar, Paul, Apollos, and Cephas preached and added thought, theology, and built up the church, its spiritual church. This is the work of the church. It's the work for us to continue to build upon the foundations of our faith, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to build with truth, the precious truth is our precious building materials. As we consider the foundation of our faith, of our church, of our faith community, let us remember and claim the truth of our faith foundation. Let us not only remember what has been done before us, but let us also be about the business of the building and love of what those who have gone before us, those who have built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. We have proof of such building materials in our very midst. Consider, for example, the Joseph Project for many years has served our community, those who are hungry, those who are looking for hope. The Knitting Group offers prayers and tangible evidence of God's grace and love coming from our community. The prayer group offers prayers and words of hope and encouragement to those in need, those who are hurting, those who are mourning. Our preschool offers for 40 years has offered a place of education, a place of support, a place of love and grace for children and their families. The men's morning Bible study has many years of, of offering an occasion, a time for men to gather, to share, to fellowship, and to study. And our worship services continue to grow, continue to offer glory and praise to God. Our missions committee continues to reach out to not just our local community, but to other parts of the world. 
These ministries have over time proven to be built from precious materials and truth. The work before us is to continue to find our footing on the foundation laid by God and, and continue to build, to build using only precious materials and resources. And those are ourself, our hope, our love and our grace, our selflessness for one another. As we continue the work of the church to build and to grow, to illuminate, to grace, and to help the world, we will find ourselves offering foundational preaching and growing the kingdom of God. And for that, I give thanks on this very special day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.